Hello and welcome everyone to Everything Paranormal Podcast Show. This is episode 4, continuing with the Halloween theme for the month of October. And it is I, Paramike, in the studios with the lovely dark goddess herself. The gothic bride of my life. And the creepiest dark dungeon dark side news ever with flying bats are glittery that she did for halloween theme <laughs> is the lovely paralor hi we're starting to get on a roll here yeah uh today's episode is some awesome stuff that she has been researching and everything while i have been working on our youtube channel with the first three brand new episodes that we did yep. and everything. And thank God I got it finally working after YouTube stopped being Nazis. So we're going to have our YouTube back up on our website as a link. Yep. So watch out for that. And on the episode page, I got rid of that login registration bullshit. Yeah. Because people hated it. Well, of course. So, so I took I that off, made it back to the regular page, but I also switched the player. Instead of the Anchor FM player, it is now a new player where you can also download the app from one of our distributors. Distributions. Yep. Or as I call them, distributors. Yep. Which is good. It's free. It's for Android phones and for iPhone. So that's kind of cool. So I hope you enjoy the new player. He'll still, well, uh, he'll still um, put it up on Anchor too, though. Oh, yes, definitely. Definitely. Since uh, Anchor FM is affiliated with Facebook. And Twitter. That too. So it'll be up on our Facebook. Well, I'm still trying to get it going on our Facebook page. It's still a little goofy. Yeah. But I'm getting it up there. Twitter, definitely. Um... Is this I'll me? Have I have to get a Twitter. Probably. <laughs> I'll work on that. Don't worry. Since I'm also not just the host of this show and the creator and the website designer and updater and everything, I'm also the producer, the tech, the computer repair IT, and everything else that I can do. Yeah, it's only a two. Well, he's basically all those. I'm just the main host. <laughs> mm, and the researcher. You research too. I, yeah, when I can. Other than that, nah, I gotta take some of the your stories. Yeah, I know. But this one's gonna be a rant a little bit later on from <laughs> our former podcast show name, which I still have. Yep. He's gonna and I gotta tweak it a little bit and make sure that once this episode comes out, you look for the other one as well. It. What I'll do is on our website, which is everythingparanormal.gear.host backslash ep.html. When you click on the headsets in the menu bar, it'll bring you over to the episode page. Scroll down, you'll see the um, episode four one that we're doing. Plus on that, you will also see another player inside the same rectangle box of the first rant she did about a movie. 
So stay tuned for that. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You have to wait. <laughs> Talk about a tease and a kick in the balls. <laughs> sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> so, that's going to be awesome and everything. So, we're going to pop it over to the dark side news desk, the, or I should say dark news world, over to Paralore because she has um, something that has to deal with another movie. I don't know if I've, I forgot to ask you earlier if I should also put that up too. What? The first story that you have. Oh. About an actor that got screwed. Oh, of course. Um, it's a possibility, yeah. Um, this first one, um, it does actually... Well, I can't tease no more. <laughs> Jared Leto to play Joker in Zack Snyder's Justice League exclusive. Which I saw that like 10 hours... Uh, which I saw that... Um, Late last night, and then Mike was uh, snoring locks. Um, Not gonna get into that. <laughs> looks like Leto is getting the last laugh as he joins the shooting of additional scenes for the just for the Snyder Cut. And this is, and here's the rest of it. Zack Snyder's new Justice League. Cut is getting some killer laughs. Jared Leto, who played classic DC villain, the Joker, in 2016 Suicide Squad, has joined the shooting of additional footage for the Snyder Cut. The filmmaker's infinitive version of the 2017 superhero movie, he was forced to exit and never saw through completion. Multiple sources, mul- multiple sources tell The Hollywood Reporter, which is where I found this on Google. The project, officially titled Zack Snyder's Justice League, is being overseen by, H- by HBO Max, which is financing the new round of shooting and the completion of the many unfinished scenes and will air as a four-episode event series next year. That sounds pretty cool. It does. Although with him, yeah. when we first saw him in a movie, it was Birds of Prey, but that came out in 2020. Um, Birds of Prey was mainly featured around Harley Quinn. Right, but Jay Le- uh, Jared Leto, Jared Leto was, is, in there. was in the other Suicide Squad with Will Smith. Oh, oh, okay. Wrong one. Sorry. Suicide Squad came out in 2016. That's where he was the Joker. Okay. I'm just going through the old files uh, from the old show, and I don't even see that in here. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was just going through the old files that I have on my laptop, and I don't see that episode. Or we didn't do one on that. I don't think we did that one. No, okay. Shooting is currently underway with Ben Affleck, bet you 10 to 1, he's Batman, Ray Fisher, and Amber, Amber Heard, among those involved on top of Leto. It is unclear which other actors are included. Even as the shoot rolls ahead, two producers who were involved with the theater, theatrical 
movie are quietly moving to the side. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. John Berg and Jeff Johns, then studio executives who oversaw the film and the reshoot by Joss Whedon that was meant to salvage the failed movie, out, will not be receiving producer cuts of the Snyder Cut, sources say. They're willingly stepping aside. Interesting. I wonder what the reason is. Is the question. <laughs> Sources close to Berg and Johns have confirmed the duo's intention to remove their names from the Snyder Cut since they did not work on this, ver- on this version and are no longer studio executives. The sources also say the move pays respect to Snyder's bleh. Rewind. Okay, drinking game. Every time I say rewind or bleh, take a shot. Let me read that again. Sources also say the move pays respect to Snyder's creative vision and the additional photograph- photography shoot. It is unclear when Burke's and John's sagu- uh, sagu began. One source said the move began months ago and is unconnected to comments made by Fisher, who played Cyborg in the movie, and who has for months accused the two of enabling abuse and misconduct by Whedon on the set of the 2017 reshoots. That doesn't surprise me with Hollywood. (laughs) After vocal and public outbursts on social media, even as late as September, Fisher has been less incendiary and posting less frequently of late. Leto boarding the Snyder Cut is noteworthy as the character did not appear in the original 2017 movie. It also raises questions about how much new content will be included in Snyder's super version of Justice League. It also ties the new cut to Suicide Squad, the all-star DC movie that saw Margot Robbie break out as fan-favorite character Harley Quinn and Leto portray Joker as a love-obsessed and glittery crime lord. The picture was executive produced by Snyder and his wife and partner Deborah Snyder It was meant to tie into an overall DC cinematic universe that Snyder had been shepherding. And that's the last of that one. That's the last of that story. Um, I do remember seeing um, something about, I think it was like a, I think it was like a couple years ago, how Jared Leto in Suicide Squad, when that came out, not the Suicide Squad that's coming out next year, but the main Suicide Squad, how a lot of his scenes with Harley Quinn, Margot Robbie, were cut, giving more of a center to Harley Quinn than him, instead of showing him as basically two incohesive duos. And he didn't really open up about it until um, the movie The Joker came out last year. I didn't damn it due to the fact it was someone else's vision of how or who 
the Joker is or was. But if people were paying attention to the fucking ending, which I did, Joaquin Phoenix is the Joker was not the Joker. He was just calling himself the Joker in that final scene. So the original Joker is actually shot shooting uh, Bruce Wayne's parents in the final end- ending of that part. Let's see. Next, I found this also. It's confusing, but I found it quite interesting. D- D&D, uh, I'm hoping, I don't know if that's Dungeons and Dragons. Um, maybe anyone who knows of uh, Dungeons and Dragons or Magic Gathering stuff to even Final Fantasy stuff, if this is part of that genre or something. D&D is child's play with Chuck. Let me read the story and I'll explain and it's kind of funny because it has uh, what looks like a playing card too. If you want to incorporate that very specific brand of stuffing filled terror terror into your D&D games, your Dungeons and Dragons, it may be time to play with that old Chucky doll. How weird is it that a movie about a murderous doll has become iconic on the level of some of the most dream-haunting movie monsters? Love him or hate him? I fucking love it. Chucky showed up in the late 80s. In eight movies later, he is still relevant, scary, and absolutely ridiculous and fun. And in second edition, the doll golem looks suspiciously, suspiciously like a fa- certain famous mini murderer. So why not bring him back into D&D? Inspired a little by 5E golems, a little by the 2E doll golem, Glam, I think that's how it's all being said, and a whole bunch by the source material. Chucky is a monster that should be terribly difficult to defeat, once you know what it is. I find that very hard to believe. He's still fucking kicking, and I love it. But a single adventurer whose friends don't believe that this weird doll could be evil may find themselves quickly spiraling into trouble. And should your party encounter an entire family of haunted dolls, minor difficulties may start to stack up. And let's see, where is it? Interesting. Okay, here it is. Um, Pyramike, he will put this up on our uh, website page so you guys can see it, Um, especially the card I'm looking at and about to read. Yes, it will be in a PDF form, so watch out for that. Okay, the card reads, Chucky, Tiny Construct, Chaotic Evil, Armor Class, 10, High Points, 65 or 6.5, 13D8 plus 10, I really hope that's not algebra, Speed, 30 feet, Strength, which is STR, 16, divide by, divide by 3, D-E-X, forget what that used to mean. 18, divide by 4. D-E-X is 
dexahesimals is just short. Dexahesimals? Okay. Yeah, it's just short for DEX. C-O-N, con, 15 divided by 2. Don't know what that means either. I-N-T, 11 divided by 1. Wiz, which I believe is short possibly for wisdom. 11 divided by 1. C-H-A, I want to say short for charm, I think. 16 divided by 3. Uh, let's see. My head's hurting. Hurt and listen to that. I think I may need a whiteboard. <laughs> Damage? Okay. This I don't is think definitely. This big enough for one of those. Um, yeah, this is definitely Dungeons and Dragons stuff. Which I think sparked Magic Gathering. Probably. I'm not sure. Damage? Immunities. Immunities. Poison? Necrotic? <laughs> okay, so we can't hurt him. <laughs> Condition? Immunities. Exhaustion? Frightened? Paralyzed? Petrified? Poisoned. Senses. Passive perception. 14. Languages. Common. Don't know what the hell that's supposed to mean. Ambusher. In the first round of combat, Chucky's have advantage advantage on attack rolls against any creature they surprise. Actions. Bite. Melee. Weapon attack. And I'm hoping this is divided by four. To hit one target. Hit five. One DX. One D six. Divide by two. Piercing damage. Stab. Chucky's have always knives. Okay, that sounds a little backwards. It should say Chucky with apostrophe always have knives. Except the other way I just said it. Yeah, it sounded redundant. They just always do. You could take their knife away, but they have another one. Divide by five to hit one target. Hit ten. 1D, ten, divide by five, piercing damage. This is starting to be fucking algebra. Yeah, that's why my head hurts. And I don't fucking understand algebra. That I was never taught that. Mending. Three, three day. Chucky's. Okay, so this is basically different ones. Can heal themselves for 2d6 points with a mending spell. And I like this one. Nobody will believe you, kid. Most people won't believe that the Chucky is anything but a normal, innocent doll unless they see its evil through their own eyes. To convince others of a Chucky's true nature, a player must succeed on a DC 16 persuasion check. Soul transfer. 
parentheses, one day. If a Chucky is bored of their doll body, they may try to swap with another creature. The target must succeed on a DC 15 wisdom saving throw or their consciousness and body will be swapped with the Chucky or Chucky's. To swap back the target must succeed on a DC 20 wisdom check. Yeah, this is Dungeons and Dragons. And that's it for that story. Now, the next one is about things you didn't know about Chucky's Child's Play franchise. I found three different sites, media sites with this stuff on it. And a YouTube rap battle of the old school OG Chucky versus <laughs> the new AI Chucky. <laughs> Hands down, the OG fucking wouldn't that bitch. Yeah, I'm going to try to throw this into this podcast show just for our website. So people can hear it, but for YouTube, it you if you want to look for it, just go to YouTube.com, go to the search bar, type in Chucky Rant, look for the cartoon version of Chucky's head. Yep. Versus the AI version Chucky head, and listen to it. It's fucking hilarious. Um, you should get Aaron Fraser Nash is okay for that first. I believe everybody plays it. Huh? Everybody plays it. Yeah, but I mean, like, put it up on our stuff. You have to ask him for that, because he created that. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Ask him first. Ask him if he could share it first. All right. Through. Thank you. See, she's got to be a spoiler. Now I'm actually trying to uh, save your ass legally. Ah. Because he could sue for that if he's not asked first. If he can't um, get the um, the blessing from Aaron Fraser Nash, who came out with that rap battle of old Chucky versus new new Chucky, you can easily find it on Google. Uh, yeah, Google. You can easily find it on YouTube. Type in Chucky Battle Rap. Or, or, just, or just the way I said it, just Chucky Rap and just look for it. And look for it. You'll see what looks like a cartoon, but it's funny as hell. Okay. This one is 10 Things You Never Knew About Chucky's Child's Play Franchise. Website from these 10 things is from 80skids.com. As far as titans of the horror genre go, Child's Play 
has always been kind of the underdog. Yeah, it's fairly well known and recognizable, but Chucky still ranks below Jason, Michael Myers, um, no, and even Freddy Krueger, as far as villains are concerned. Okay. Yeah, he's, I mean, yeah, to the 80skids.com, yeah, he's still, to that, to that website, he ranks below the other, the other three, simply because after Child's Play 3 came out, there was um, quite a few years in between. Anyway, not only that, not only that, but several of the movies have been re relegated to straight to straight to DVD status. Yeah, that's true. Which means there are a ton of awesome and terrifying moments that many horror fans have missed out on. With that said, shitty reboot, and I'm saying that, I know it doesn't say shitty reboot, I'm saying it. I'll explain. With that said, the Chucky reboot, shitty reboot, that hit cinemas last year promised to give the old killer doll a new lease of life. And even a new coat, new coat of paint. You're gonna need way more than a new lease of life and a new coat of paint to fucking salvage that bitch. So, before we delve, before people delved into the so-called new terrifying installment, bullshit. We're looking back on ten things you may not have known about the classic Child's Play franchise. I'm gonna take a drink. And yes, we're drinking today. Not soda. Sort of soda, but spiked it. It's actually called, uh, what'd you call it? The drink. Oh shit! No, I forgot. <laughs> you said it like before we started recording. I know, and I forgot what the, I know it was sexy something. I can't remember what the hell it was now. Oh, I hate when I have short-term memory loss. Damn it! I keep telling you when you think of something off the top of your head, write it down. I normally don't do that. He hates it when I keep telling him that, telling him he has to do it. He still doesn't fucking listen to me. I usually remember something, but yet I'm working on something, so it's like, it just goes right in. Actually, it goes in, but out, right out the door. Yeah. Um, the drink's actually called uh, Red Sexy. Okay. But I gave it my own spin. 
It's also called Blood Moon, Blood Moon Rice. Yeah, at first I thought when she walked into the studio, I thought she made a grapefruit drink. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> fruit punch soda and pine pineapple soda combined looks like grapefruit. <laughs> but it's actually really good. Never would have thought of seeing something like that. What the hell? It's actually uh, blood, blood Moon or Blood Red Moon Carlotta. Um, Colada, sorry. Can't, um, I'm allergic to coconut, so I go by my way, my way of, uh, going around that shit. Anywho, anywho, the ten things from 80skids.com that they listed about the franchise. Number ten. The original drafts, drafts of the script didn't feature a possessed doll. The story of Chucky is so famous that even people who have never seen it could say what could say what's about. I highly doubt that. Everybody knows about. The killer doll possessed by a serial killer looking for souls. Even though the original pitch for the movie was very different. In original drafts of the script, Andy wasn't the cute and innocent owner of Chucky being manipulated, but an angry and resentful kid constantly lashing out. In this version, the doll absorbed all of Andy's anger and desire for revenge, which possessed the doll to kill of its own accord. Number nine, Chucky's name is a nod to three real-life Killers. Though most people know the villainous doll is Chucky, the actual name of the soul possessing the doll is Charles Lee Ray. The name is perfect because it somehow manages to sound spooky and evil while, sound, while also sounding like a completely normal name that anybody on your street could have. Number eight. Sorry, shuffling papers here. Number eight. One of the movies features a bizarre disclaimer. There have been a lot of child's play movies over the years. And they've had wildly different tones. Though the first one was almost completely horror. They have veered into slapstick comedy 
and even pop culture satire reports lead to things like this bizarre disclaimer. In all, of the, in all the commercials for Bride of Chucky, a message would play that Britney Spears knew nothing about the film and wasn't affiliated with it in any way. Due to a scene where Chucky and his wife Tiffany blow up a car on the highway that was supposed to, to, to belong to the pop star. With everything from a Britney license plate to a professional Britney lookalike in the driver's seat. Uh, yeah, I think that's wrong. It's actually commercials in Seed of Chucky that have that. Or had that, not Bride of Chucky. So I think uh, AgesKids.com kind of got that wrong. Anyway, number seven. Chucky originally had his own goofy theme song. Let me repeat that again. Take a drink. Chucky originally had his own goofy theme song. A ton of iconic horror films have theme songs, such as New Year's Evil, that was stupid, and Killer Clowns from Outer Space, another fucking stupid movie. But they tend to only work with the tone of the movie is kind of campy and funny. The original Child's Play movie featured plenty of one-liners and jokes but was actually really dark and scary. Thinking like the self-aware comedy of the later installments. Or I should say nothing like the self-aware comedy of later installments. This meant that the original song written, written as a theme song for the end credits of the movie was scrapped since it was just way too over the top for the film. No surprise. Since it included lyrics like Chucky Chucky go away you're too rowdy when you play and a whole cheerleading chant section. Yeah, good thing that was scrapped. Sit, number six. There were almost thousands of Chuckies in the sequels. The finale of one of the Child's Play movies takes place in a factory in a factory for Goo Guy dolls where Chucky gets to hide amongst hundreds of other toys that look just like him. It's a brilliant setting for a horror movie scene, since you never know what's around the next corner. But it ends when Chucky is defeated and melted down. The thing is, Keen fans will notice that when Chucky is melted down, 
his body becomes parts of hundreds of other Gugai dolls, all of which have the potential to become evil and possessed in their own right. The creator of the movie even admitted to that that was the plan. But, which is a but, a big but, they didn't have the budget in the later sequels to make such an ambitious project happen. At least until the idea was repurposed later in the franchise. Okay, the one with the Gugai Doll Factory. This is a question for people out there listening. If you know your horror shit, especially the franchise of Chucky, and it's even you. Which film had the Goo Guy Doll Factory? Which one? One. No. Yeah. No, the first one started it. Right. The, the second, second one. It's where uh, Brad Dorf ran into the toy store. Yeah, that's, that's part, part one. That, that they titled yeah. Child's Play. Right. And then the Child's Play 2 was the factory. Yes. Not what? Child's Play 1. You said store. Okay. That's store. It was in Factory. One. Was in 2. Yes. Yeah. So hot. But ah! he, he was melted down, but he popped up until his head blew off. It was actually true. Full of, full I got of all of them. Full of air. Number five. The movies inspired from real-life crimes. This is going to piss me off when I read this, because I did see this in the freaking... Um, after Charles Play 3 came out. The Chucky movies might seem kind of tame and silly now, but when they were they were released, they caused a serious stir, with parents worried that kids might even be traumatized by accidentally seeing commercials for the films. This what this hasn't happened. Blech. Let me say that again. Take a drink. This was, wasn't helped by the fact that several real-life crimes happened that the press claimed... Ooh, leave it to the press to add that bullshit. ...were inspired by the Just Place series. Even if... It was most likely a coincidence. The clearest cut example was of a woman who was tortured by a group of men who yelled Chucky's catchphrases at her. Which I say some of his catchphrases all the time. Hell, there's fucking memes about Chucky. But this one, I do remember hearing about, because it was a murder, after Charles Play 3, and it pissed me off royally. But there was also a murder of a 
toddler by two preteen boys who allegedly threw blue paint on the toddler's body to mimic a scene in the Chucky movies. The blue paint was Child's Play 3. Um, yeah. Might be coincidence because of that, of a child. But, guess what? I blame the fucking parents for that one. Parents should have been held responsible for that. Because they did nothing to fucking prevent it. Number four. One of the Chucky doll's features in early scripts was truly disturbing. Chucky's gnarly scars might be the most infamous thing about him, since they were set. But let me say that again. Take a drink. <laughs> Okay. Chucky's gnarly scars might be the most infamous thing about him, since they are what set him apart from other normal good guy dolls and make it clear that he's anything but child friendly. They also have some really creepy reveals about the series. When characters realize exactly what they're dealing with. With that said, originally, these cuts and scars were going to be a much bigger part of the movie. Since every good guy doll was going to have the ability to bleed when cut, leading kids across the world to have to bandage them up and care for them. But, when that was part of the plot, the movie's working title was Bloody Boy. Number three. We're almost done with this one, with this site. The movies have super meta. That's a meta. It's a known fact, it's a well-known fact that across the series, the movies have ranged from simple horror to, to scream sequel, self-aware comedy. And that was meant that the canon was, has got seriously confused along the way. For a start, Chucky's real-life li real girlfriend, I have to say her fucking name, is played by Jennifer Tilly and voiced by Jennifer Tilly when she becomes a doll. Yeah, for some reason with that story when I was doing spell check, yeah. it kept on saying that her name was spelt wrong. 
Ana. Which is interesting, but weird. Spell check sometimes uh, doesn't recognize fully spelled spelled correctly. Anyway, however, there is also a movie where Jeff Fertilli plays herself. While Tiffany, as voiced by Tilly, is also a star. There's even a scene where both of them are on the phone together with Chucky. And the, vo and the voices of both of them were completely in indistinguishable from each other. Next, skipping away from that. Because of the fucking female. Anyway, number two. Chucky has a sex scene. Chucky might not be the first movie ever about a creepy doll. Or the first horror franchise to grip the box office in the 80s. Or even the first horror movie starring Jennifer Tilly. However, it does have one important first as a franchise, and it's one a lot of fans would rather forget. In the later installments of the series, there's the first ever scene of two dolls sleeping together, and also the first ever scenes of a doll attempting to impregnate a woman with a turkey baster. Both these scenes are so gross and weird that they become hilarious, just not intentionally. Okay, now I see why I uh, was passed up because of, because of her. When I first auditioned for Bride of Chucky, I was only 15 and a half. That like, part now of I can see why. That part of the movie, I'm still trying to bunk <laughs> to this day. What? Where he's having sex? Yeah. Well, figure. It's a silhouette. I'm still trying to debunk that. Well, figure. They obviously couldn't really get the full dolls in color, so they went with the silhouette, which is actually more funny. Yeah, I, I Even understand though it wasn't intended that. I, that was funny. debunked. I debunked that already. <laughs> but what I can't debunk is that whole scene. Where Jeffrey He Tilly doesn't was have anything! <laughs> well, okay. But yet somehow he's in the bathroom beaten off into that, a cup. That I, he's got nothing <laughs> down there! It's plastic! <laughs> Smooth overlaid plastic, and he's beaten off in the bathroom. Really? <laughs> you saw how you saw the making of it on DVD with me. They showed you how they fucking were able to do it. Even yeah, I it took... know. I know that. That finally answered the debunk question. But just in the movie itself, it probably had a lot of people scratching their head. This motherfucker is a plastic <laughs> doll. Nothing down there! Fucking smooth overlay wrap 
titty butt cheeks of a doll, and he's in the bathroom into a cup, and there's nothing there. I bet you every motherfucker was trying to figure out and how to debunk that, and could never come up with the answer. I couldn't. Well, since I like uh, uh, catchphrase bombing, look at him. He's all rubber. Exactly. <laughs> he doesn't need a condom. He is one. <laughs> He's a walking, murdering, slasher condom. <laughs> yeah, that had a broken condom from the gecko. <laughs> Number one, the last one of uh, 80s kids, the first movie features no CGI. What that means, kids, if your parents and you're allowing your, your kids to listen to what comes out of our fucking mouths, I don't want to fucking hear it. Our podcast is completely uncensored, which means no PG. Nope. And we stay it, and it's stated in uh, every other podcast show that we have done. Especially when you go to listen to it, you hear uh, someone saying, okay, put the kids to bed. PG time is over. Sometimes I put it in in the beginning of the show. Sometimes I'll put it at the end. Sometimes I just won't put it. We'll just say it. Now, just put put it in the beginning. Now, the explanation explanation about the mo- first movie featuring that features no CGI. Child's Play differs from other movies about killer dolls than that for most of the franchise. The creepiness isn't derived from the doll sitting very still and then moving or vanishing. Instead, we see the doll running from room to room, walking casually after their victims, and even doing things like wrestling and driving. Yeah. The reason these scenes look convincing is that no CGI was used in the early movies. And the scenes of Chucky moving were done using an ingenious mix of puppetry, animatronics, and even real-life child actors in suits. I knew it! I fucking knew it when I first saw the goddamn thing. This made it age more slowly. Which is why it's still so creepy today. See? They take the CGI effects out of any more that they make. It's a whole lot fucking better. Now, with that being said, this is 
from ScreenRant.com. They got 10 things you didn't know about Charles Play- about Chuck Yelso. This description, before going from 10 to 1, Chucky has become one of the most recognizable faces of faces in horror. But here's some facts and trivia fan and trivia fans might not know about the original Child's Play. Due to his seemingly seemingly never-ending film series, most moviegoers would have this. Say that again. Take a drink. Due to a seeming, seemingly never-ending film series, most moviegoers have at least heard of Chucky. Chucky is, of course, killer doll from Child the Child's Play series that came to life after the serial killer Charles Lee Ray transferred his soul into it. The series, and it's talking about the movies, not the TV series, it's coming out next year, and I gotta figure out how to fucking watch it. The series has spanned a total of seven movies and a remake that came out last year. Anyway, while the franchise varied varied in quality over the years, the original film, directed by Tom Holland, is often considered one of the most iconic horror films of the 80s. Even though Chucky is well known around the world, there are some things you might not know about the first movie. Here are 10 things you didn't know about Child's Play. This is, remember, this is ScreenRant.com. Very reliable. Number 10. Don Mancini was inspired by the Cabbage Patch Kids. And this is actually was an argument that I finally fucking won against uh, Paramike over here. Because they kept saying that for as long as he's uh, dated me and been married to me, and he kept saying, no, it wasn't, no, it wasn't. <laughs> anyway, here's the description about Domancini being inspired by the Cabbage Patch Kids. There are a lot of movies today, today based on killer dolls. But back in the 80s, Child's Play create, creator Don Mancini was inspired by the Cabbage Patch craze. Seeing how popular the toys were and how the marketing for them made people go crazy, Mancini, Mancini decided to make a dark satire about how marketing affected children. 
Mancini was also inspired by the Living Doll episode of The Twilight Zone. The original Twilight Zone. That's something I didn't know about. Which featured an evil doll named Talkie Tina. Chucky's design was also also clearly clearly inspired by the My Buddy Dolls, which made their debut in 1985. And that was something I beat fucking Richie on again once again. Even I knew that. I know. He kept saying that's no where that's, that's where I originally said I didn't know about the Cabbage Patch Dolls like before. Yeah. When you and I had that argument. I said <laughs> Chucky was was created from the My Buddy Doll. Yeah. That was that. Okay. And it looked like it looked like Diamond Man City decided to take uh, the My Buddy Doll. Yeah. And then I think maybe a few months later that monster came out with the handcuffs. The big blue monster that came out with handcuffs. Uh-huh. He looked like he merged them together to come up with the 88 film version of Chucky. <laughs> well, if you look at his face, you see the Cabbage Patch Kids in, in the face, along with his overall design and the look right. of the My Buddy Dolls. It's probably why they got shit-canned after he came out. <laughs> yeah. So partially I won that war. And then she had to hit me with the Cabbage Patch thing. Well. So it's, it, it's, a, it's a tie. Yeah. But it's a tie. But this is another movie I fucking beat Richie on. That is true. <laughs> that is 100% true. Which I'm still not getting on. She still owes me 200 bucks for the first one I fucking made him look stupid on. Probably ain't gonna fucking ever see it. Oh, wait. That's because he's too scared. I know, he, I know, he hates being called a pussy in other ways, but... Sorry! But... But that's how big sisters are. Number nine. I'm staying out of that one. <laughs> Number nine. Andy and Chucky were almost blood brothers. Now, what that means, everybody, horror buffs, horror buffs, are pretty familiar with the origins of Chucky. Originally, however, the script had a completely different premise. The movie was first called Batteries Not Included. Which Hold was an excellent movie. I loved it. Hold on. And later changed to Blood Buddy. The first script had a plot line about the dolls having realistic flesh that could rip and bleed like a human. Children would then have to buy good guy bandages in order to fix and take care of their toy. Mancini explained that the first idea was to have Andy accidentally cut his thumb, mixing his blood with Chucky's. 
originally named Buddy. This brought the doll to life because Chucky to attack the people that Andy didn't like, such as a mean babysitter or a teacher. Of course, the scene with the teacher in Child's Play 2 is one of my fucking favorites. Okay, number eight for of Screen Rant. Tom Holland wasn't the only director considered. Which means, after writer John Lafia, or Lafia, however you pronounce it, retweeted certain parts of the script, or not tweeted, retweeted, certain parts of the script, the people behind Child's Play felt con confident enough to, make, to meet with directors. Tom Holland initially passed on the project, but he eventually agreed to direct the film. At the time, Tom Holland was most known for directing Fright Night. Yes, that's the original Fright Night with Chris Sarandon. Before Holland signed on, signed on, however, there were other directors that Don Mancini and producer David Kirshner talked about. If you don't know who David Kirshner is, you're an idiot. Rare, very, very good producer. Kirshner revealed that he talked to William Friedkin, director of The Exorcist, as well as Irvin, as well as Irvin Kirshner, no relation, a different spelling, director of The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Number seven. Don Mancini never liked the voodoo plotline. Let me explain. While Child's Play is one of the most famous films featuring an evil doll, what element of the original film has always been odd? The, the voodoo. Voodoo is an actual real thing as much as witchcraft. When Charles Lee Ray transfers his soul into a Gukai doll, he uses a voodoo ritual to do so. It's also been sort of a weird origin story, one that the filmmakers of the remake decided not to use. That being said, Diamond City was never really a fan of the voodoo plotline. Writer John Lafia says it wasn't his idea though, saying his original idea was to have an inmate on death row transfer his soul into a good guy's doll as he was being electrocuted. Shocking. 
<laughs> Number six. It took 11 people to control Chucky. I need to sip. That's one too many people to do one doll. Animatronics, it takes a lot of work. While animatronics and CGI are commonly used today, which some horror films need to stop fucking using, they were both they were both up-and-coming technologies when Child's Play was being filmed. The majority of the scenes were filmed with an electronic puppet. But it wasn't the easiest thing to use. It took 11 different people to control Chucky. With a different person handling each part of his body to his eyes from his eye from his bleh. Take a drink. Let me say that again. I need a refill. May have to put more ice in the blender. The majority of the scenes were filmed with an animatronic puppet, but it wasn't the easiest thing to use. So, that being said, it took 11 different people to control Chucky with a different person handling each part of his body to his legs, to his eyebrows. Special effects Special Effects Shop Supervisor Howard Berger Berger Berger, however you want however that's supposed to be pronounced once recalled it took them seven take a drink let me say that again Special effects shop supervisor, Howard Berger, whatever, once recalled it took them 27, 27, 2, 7, takes, 27 takes to get, just to get Chucky to hit a button to electrocute a doctor. Yeah, let me say that again. Special effects shop supervisor Howard Berger, 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 whatever, once recalled, it took them 27 takes to just get Chucky to hit a button to electrocute a doctor. Chucky's aluminum fingers would often poke through the latex fingers, which ultimately started eating up costs. Number five. They set Ed Gale on fire. If you don't know who Ed Gale is, he... Um, was the little was the little person with 
the Chucky mask and something and the outfit on doing specific stunts of Chucky. He did it in number one. I believe number two. And I know he did it again in Bride Chucky. While in it, say it again, take a drink. <coughs> now, the explanation of Ed Gale on Fire. While an animatronic doll was used for many of the scenes, some of the more complex scenes were filmed using Ed Gale. The effect was pulled off by building the sets 30% bigger, but most people could still tell some could could still Take a drink. No, I'm getting frustrated. That's how our story was. The effect was pulled off by building the sets thirty percent bigger, but most people could still tell. Someone is behind the Chucky mask. Gale, who also the actor to wear the Chucky costume, when they had to do fire sequences, each take with fire would last, uh, last around 45 seconds. But the actor got more injured when he needed to be pulled up a fireplace for a shot. The crew called the actor up, but accidentally dropped him six to eight feet, which injured his back. Ow. Ow. That hurts my back. Hurts mine too. Shit. Number four. Jessica Walter. Not just. Yeah. Jessica Walter almost voiced Chucky. Today, Brad Dourif is most known for the role of Charles Lee Ray and the voice of Chucky. Dourif has voiced Chucky in every Child's Play movie to date. Except for this year's remake. Except for last year's remake. Pardon me. Where he was replaced by Mark Hamill. Not shitting on Mark Hamill. He's a good, good actor, good voice actor. Leave Chucky alone. Since the voice of the demon in The Exorcist had been had been by Mercedes McCambridge, Tom Holland thought. They should go with the woman for the voice of Chucky. As Holland described it, 
I tried to use an electronic overlay to the voice, like a Robbie the Robot kind of thing, because that's how the toys with sound chips worked. When it came, when it came time for Mancini to see the first cut of the film, it was Jessica Walters' Walters's voice heard instead of Durf's. Good thing it went with Brett Durf. Mm. Cause that would not that would not work. <laughs> Number three. You think? Yeah, I know we talked a little bit about this. Uh, Chucky almost had a theme song. This actually goes in more depth of that. The good guys dolls are advertised as being ch- children's toys. So it would make sense to give the toy a theme song for marketing purposes like commercials. While the full song didn't make it into the final cut of the film, Chucky did have his own theme song. The song was composed by Joe Renzetti. Renzetti, for people who didn't understand it first time, who wrote the score for the film. While the lyrics were performed by Simon Stokes, the song would have played during the closing credits, but was taken out since it was thought to be too silly. This was yet another idea, and I'm going to say that another idea that the remake stole from the original plans for the 1988 Child's Play. Saying so. As Mark Hamill sings a buddy song during the film's credits. He does. That's what made me want to run out and throw up. Number two. Chucky was also played by Alex Vincent's sister. Let me explain what that means, everybody. Ed Gale played Chucky for some of the more complex scenes of the film. While animatronics were used for the majority of close-up shots. However, Alex Vincent's sister dressed up as Chucky to film one scene. What that means, she could be seen in the movie as Chucky with the killer doll. Oh, let me say that again. Take a drink, everybody. Alex Vincent's sister could be seen in the movie as Chucky when the killer doll is chasing Maggie down the hallway. It's unknown why she was chosen, but it was likely because Gail looked too big to be a doll when running behind the actress. There's another one I was right about, Richie. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be a bitch. (laughs) 
Oh, wait, that's, that's my nature. nature. Yeah, you have a PhD in that. It's up on a wall. <laughs> Number one for screen, of the Screen Rant, 10 things. Tom Holland has a cameo. What that means, everybody, is Tom Holland is mainly known for his work in the horror genre and actually has more acting credits to his name than directing credits. Tom Holland also appears in Child's Play. Sort of. Holland has two cameo roles of sorts. One being the host of the Good Guys program. But you can only hear his voice. Andy Barkley's dad isn't present in the movie. No kidding. But a picture of his father can be seen briefly inside Karen's room and Andy's room. The man in the photograph is none other than Tom Holland. So there's that question for everybody who always wondered about the guy in the, that photo, Tom Holland. And Tom Holland was also in Fatal Beauty. Look it up, bitches, if you don't think I'm right. And this is from whatculture.com. Their, their stuff of what they have for Chucky that people didn't know. Here's their emphasis as well as what, they are, what the numbers are. Chucky may be pint-sized, but he's a horror behemoth with enough fans and sequels under his belt to rival any of the genre's heavyweights. Now what that means, everybody, and let me continue. Since making his debut in the original Child's Play back in 1988, the killer doll has appeared in six sequels, most recently, you know, Cult of Chucky, which touched down the decent reviews. Touched down to decent reviews just in time for Halloween 2017. Although he's not the only murderous toy to wreak, ha uh, wreak havoc, in ho havoc in Hollywood, the Brad Dourif-voiced horror icon is by far the most famous. Even though Puppet Master series continues to churn out throwaway sequels and the Annabelle movies make big bucks at the box office, I don't know about the Annabelle movie making big bucks at the box office, Chucky has achieved a lot since transferring his soul into a doll in the first movie. He's right, right, take a drink. Words are hard. Chucky has achieved a lot since transferring his soul into a doll in the first movie. He's racked up an impressive kill count, returned from the dead almost as many times 
as Jason Voorhees got hitched and even fathered children. Most Child's Play fans will already know about these milestone events in his life, but there are a lot of things about him even the most devoted members of his cult didn't, aren't aware of. Now, we mentioned a little bit from 80skids.com how Chucky's human name is based off the combination of three serial killers. Yep. Here's the definition of that. Thanks to what culture? Most child's... Number 10. Child's play name is a combination of three famous murderers. No kitty. Here's the emphasis of that one. Most child's play fans will be well aware that Chucky's full name is Charles Lee Ray. But not everyone knows where that name came from. It's actually an amalgamation of three famous killers. Charles Manson, which, which is the fir for the first name. Lee Harvey Oswald, that's where the middle name comes in. And two, James Earl Ray. Now, let, me, let me explain about this, about that, everybody. Stay with me here. Manson was responsible for the series of murders carried out by his followers during the 1960s. Oswald assassinated JFK in 1963. And James Earl Ray was convicted of killing civil rights leader Martin Luther King Jr. in 1968. There's another one I win. But I still know I ain't gonna see that fucking money he bet me on. He bet me. Oh, thank you. I need a smoke here. Um, let's see. It's probably why he talks to you more than he does me, because he knows I'm right, and he's he hates it when I'm right. <laughs> he hasn't talked to me recently. Well, you did say he had um, yes, I know he surgery had, himself he too. Yeah, and he has a bit. We'd, of we'd like to know. I'd like to know if he's okay though. Okay, number nine. If his stink can ever stay in the contact of Facebook. Oh, I know why he does that. When his bipolar kick, bipolar kicks in, then his bipolar is worse. Is a little more different than mine. Yeah. He goes off the grid because he doesn't want to say anything that he's gonna really regret. That's why he does that. Shit! Didn't Leo tell you that? Yeah. Okay, okay, thank, thank you. you. Number nine. He exists in the same universe as other horror icons. Pride of Chucky isn't the best entry in the, se in the series. I doubt that, because Brett Dourif even liked that one, because he had someone to work off of. Though it has its moments... But it does play host to one of the more one of the greatest horror movie Easter eggs of all time. 
Now with that being said, everybody, pay attention. There might be a quiz on it later. Write it down. Be a quiz later. What line's that movie from? What line's that movie from, everybody? And I'm not giving you any hints. Whoever listens to this can actually tell me, me or Paramike, what the line of... Write it down. Take uh, Yes, you may. Write it down, because it's going to be a pop quiz later. That movie also had Brad Dourif. Anyone who gets that lot, who gets that movie right, and who said the line, we might uh, f- do a little Skype session with the person who has the correct answer, and involve them in, into our podcast. Yep. Since my husband's. Uh, since Paramike's uh, Skype is back up to working order. Yep, and the only way to contact us through Skype, you would have to go to everythingparanormal.gear.host backslash ep.html, scroll all the way down to the bottom right-hand side, and you will see the Skype links it will drop down and you just pick the chat or a video version. Either way, we'll get you. Anyway. Now, let me continue with number nine. Steve is saying it's in the, um, it plays host to one of the greatest horror movie Easter eggs of all time. What that means, it includes a scene which plays out at the Lockport Police Evidence Dis- uh, Depository. And artifacts from legendary slasher movies can be seen in storage there. And what that means, let me continue. There's Michael Myers' mask, Freddy Krueger's glove, Leatherface's chainsaw, and... Jason Voorhees' hockey mask. Many fans have taken this as proof that Chucky exists. Within the same cinematic universe as Halloween, Friday the 13th, A Nightmare on Elm Street, and The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay, so there's Little else to connect Chainsaw, Texas Chainsaw, Halloween, and Child's Play. But Bride of, Bride of Chucky director Ronnie Hugh did helm Freddy versus Jason. Hell means uh, he was the director of Freddy versus Jason. Next. Number eight, crossovers have been proposed. I'll explain what that means. 
a few Easter eggs in a police evidence locker is as close as Chucky has come to crossing over with other horror icons in the movies. But ideas for versus films have been bandied about over the years. Now, let me explain. Child's Play writer, who's also now the director too, Don Mancini tabled the concept of the killer doll making his way to Elm Street and meeting Freddy Krueger. And it sounds like a nightmare come true. Mancini envisaged a movie called Child's Play on Elm Street in which the slasher duo team up before locking horns in a lethal game of one-up ma- one manship. Cinema Bland quotes Dominicini as saying, I've talked about this a lot over the years, and it's actually an idea that I think is cool and doable. It's just... It would require arranging all the legal red tape between two different studios. But I think Chucky versus Freddy would be awesome because they both have decent personalities and they both talk. And they would be a really fun double act. My idea for the movie is to do it as a horror movie version of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. It's called Child's Play on Elm Street. Chucky ends up in the bedroom of a house on Elm Street, and Freddy meets him there. And they're like fans of each other. So they have this rapport. But then they realize Elm Street isn't big enough for the two of them. It only can contain one killer. Legal red tape between studios is often an insurmountable barrier. But Mancini has also expressed interest oh god in seeing Chucky team up with Annabelle. And that could be more feasible since Annabelle Helmer John Leonetti served as the director of photography of 1991's Child's Play 3. Um, Chucky versus Freddy? Yes. Chucky teaming up with Annabelle. No! She does not fucking move. He does. Can I stop you right there for quick? Go ahead. Since you just said Chucky versus Freddy. Yeah. I just, you know, went out of my laptop, pulled this up, you know, I just typed it into the search bar, Chucky vs. Freddy. 
and it pulled this up from okay. Screen Rant two days ago. Okay, read it. Freddy Krueger versus Chucky. Who would win in a fight? That's the question. That'll put me on the spot right there. I, I like Freddy. I like Freddy. I really do. And Chucky's one of my favorite is my main favorite. Right. That would be hard for me to to bet who would win against the other. Yeah. But here's the thing. Something like that could be feasible and actually work. Through the fact, yeah, they did Freddy versus Jason. And the cliffhanger at the ending, I didn't lose 500 bucks because it was actually a tie. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Freddy does all the talking with Freddy versus Jason against Jason because he doesn't talk. He's a mute, basically. But with Chucky and Freddy going at it, I can imagine the fucking liners that they would say at each other. Due to the fact he's always considered the underdog because of his size. And the plot premises of each film. Right. But it says, any battle between iconic slashers, who would win if it came down to Freddy Krueger versus... Chucky. Uh-huh. That's the question. A Nightmare on Elm Street was quite literally dreamt up by director Wes Craven. Late great Wes Craven. Who was inspired by a series of articles about people dying in their sleep. While the original movie saw Freddy make some cruel gags. Uh-huh. He was more of a terrifying figure. But as the series wore uh-huh. on, he became a prankster. Not only that, one hell of a fucking uh, icon. Who regularly dropped bad puns. But they were funny. As he killed victim victims in creative ways. Robert Englund... England. It has here in one. I know. L U N D. Figures. Played Typo. Freddy. Well, no, that's how it's spelled. That's actually his. E N G L U N D. Yeah, that's how it's spelled. Yeah, England. I know, but some people have a hard time pronouncing it right. I know. They say England. Just like Jeff Belanger is, is actually said Jeff Belanger. Go figure. Uh, played Freddy in eight movies, a TV series, and made countless cameo appearances in music videos yep. and talk shows. Chucky was created by Don Mancini yep. with his original script, Blood Buddy, uh-huh. featuring a doll that came to live to manifest, which doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's his original concept. I read that already. In the inner anger of its owner. It just goes on and on and on. 
Brad Dorf, Charles Lee Ray, the serial killer, possessed doll mm -hmm. in Child's Play. Uh, six sequels. Oh, Chucky ended up haunting the dreams of many young horror fans. Yeah. And has returned for six sequels. Yep. And a forthcoming TV show. Uh huh. Which is going in a different direction, which is actually good. I mean, yeah. You look at him, you think, oh god, another comedy. Dark comedy. But, if you think about it, Chucky has actually dropped one-liners, too. Yeah. For example, how's it hanging, Phil? <laughs> And didn't I say that a long time ago, too? What? When Freddy and Jason were fighting. Yeah. And at the end, there was a huge-ass cliffhanger. Didn't I say that, watch, somebody's going to come up with the idea of Freddy Krueger versus Chucky, or Jason Voorhees versus Chucky. It's one of those two that's going to end up happening somewhere down the road. I'm and what did I say? Freddy vs. Jason. What popped up? Freddy vs. Chucky. Exactly. <laughs> well, 2020, and I said this, like, what, back in, like, 2008, 2009, something like that? Yeah, something like that, yeah. I mean, I mean, well, Don Mancini, he's a fan of Freddy. And he's also mentioned, yeah, he'd love to see... Robert Anglin do it for one time, for one last time. If if he has to scramble extra money for a stunt double to do Freddy's fight stunts, he'd do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, he he's put a the glove back on for doing like a pop up in. Um, some type of TV series. I forget the name of it. I don't think that's a good thing. But he has mentioned he can't physically do the stunts anymore because that's what he did. Right. He did the stunts himself. They would have to get someone of his size and body tone to do to do the stunts to do the Freddy stunts. He wouldn't mind putting the glove back on and throwing out the puns again. Right. As a one last time type of thing. Because mm -hmm. fans, fans have asked him at HorrorCon a couple of times if he would put the glove back on and go against, for example, Chucky. And he'd love to do it. Yeah. But... There is the red tape that I just mentioned. Right. That's why I started thinking yeah. and went for this. Then it says here, it's briefly seemed like horror crossovers would become the next big ticket after the success of the 2003 Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah. But this didn't pan out, fortunately. Despite concept like Halloween... Yeah. 
featuring a battle between Pinhead and Michael Myers. Yeah. Or, this is a good one. What? Candyman versus Leprechaun. <laughs> Being tossed oh around, none of them happened. True. Well, one did. Yeah. Freddy vs. Jason, that happened. Now, Pinhead versus Michael Myers? I don't know. That would not, I'm I don't know. I'm going to try to see if I can find something on that. Good luck. But Candyman versus Leprechaun? Well, I can actually see uh, Chucky versus, versus Leprechaun more. I can too. Due to the fact they're both fucking... If the original character of Leprechaun Warwick Davis would do it again. But, oh, he would. But, you know, it's a sketchy thing with that. Yeah. Well, I know they did... Uh, Sci-Fi did... Um, I think it was... I think it was last year, the year before, how they did Leprechaun Returns. Almost sort of like a nod to it, but they didn't have the original actor doing Leprechaun. It was someone else. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, another little person who was also the stunt double to Vern, who did, Lip- who did Mini-Me. He was actually Leprechaun in it. God rest his soul. Not Vern, I mean the guy that did his stunts in Mini-Me. As Mini-Me. He did okay. But... um, I don't know, I just... I can't really put my finger on it, but I might be old-fashioned or a little biased. Because at first, I thought it was Warwick Davis when I first saw the trailer for sci- for the that sci-fi film. And... I thought it was until Paramite researched and said it's not Warwick Davis. It's the guy who did Vern's stunts as Mini Me. Oh, I know, God, no. I didn't shit on it. You were about to. I was about to. But I did find a way to see that movie. Leprechaun returns. Um, it was okay. That's all I'm gonna say. It was okay. My rating, I would say, basically a two. One, they gave it the nod to to it, but I thought they really fucked it up. With the with the with the special effects makeup, I might have been the teeth. I think, because you look at Warwick Davis as Leprechaun. He does not have sharp teeth. He has regular teeth that can work to bite, not fangs or pointed things from fucking critters. 
Uh, but anyway, I could see Freddy vs. Jason. I really could. But due to the fact that New Line Cinema was bought by Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers is doing the horror genre because they see that's a that's a buy. I mean, so far, Warner Brothers has done okay with, you know, spin-offs of The Conjuring stuff. But I don't know if they would sign a deal for that type of concept. I mean, they would probably see money there due to the fact two icons. But... It, they would end up having the question, oh well, we could get one of the main icons, but would Warwick Davis do it? And he stated, because people asked him, what he thought about Leprechaun Returns. He said, it was pretty good, not hating on the guy that, that donned the mask for a Leprechaun. Just the people up, up, the crew and director of that never called him to ask if he would do it. Yeah. My guess is because he's been pitching the idea for Willow 2. And we do have Willow. And people don't want to say, oh no, Leprechaun came out first. No, Willow came out first. Then Leprechaun. Because he wanted to do more than just be called Willow. Yeah, Google the Year, dumbasses. But it also goes here to the TV show like we, like yeah. we were talking about before. Uh-huh. Uh, January 11th, 2020, Sapphire officially granted Chucky a straight-to-series order yeah. with no plot required. Mm-hmm. Kind of strange. David Cini is the main writer and one of the directors for one of the one of the um, episodes. Diamond City has said to expect the premiere in 2020 yeah. as well. Fortunately, that got pushed back. That got killed because of what yeah. we're going through. And it's being dragged on and delayed for the Chucky TV series. It was supposed to start shooting this fall. Yeah. And air in 2021. Yeah. But it has now been a full delay until 2021. Yeah. They don't know if 2021 is going to be better for them or they're going to probably drop the series. Uh, wait, didn't you uh, on Twitter one night? I think uh, I might have fell asleep because I had a migraine from hell. That you were on Twitter and you, uh, you know, uh, started following uh, Domantini and asked, and you asked him in a tweet, "Is the TV series a ghost still?" 
Didn't he tell you it is, but I ain't saying anything else? Because I don't want anyone else trying to take shit that I'm trying to do. In some ways, yes. But as of right now, because of this pandemic, he may just try to do it in 2021 if this pandemic yeah. it has a cure and everybody gets cured from it and we all get back to work. Yeah. Or, like I said, he may just get rid of the entire idea. Oh, God, no. He's already done a lot of stuff already. They've already did the pilot. And the pilot, which got sci-fi to take it. Right. Still trying to figure out how the fuck sci-fi is going to be able to okay the F-bombs. That Chucky does. That'll be, like, way late night. <laughs> After midnight or something like that. Something depends, like that. Depends on what time we'll be on between the hours of midnight and four. Not already we'll be up at four o'clock in the morning. Not even diehard horror fans. You'll be amazed. But that's what's going on. Okay. Twenty twenty one doesn't clear up and this pandemic doesn't find a cure to get rid of it. Diamond City will continue to try to get it out in 2021. If not, he's going to just destroy it and not ever try it again. Because even he thinks the president's an idiot. <laughs> it's, it's hurting him. It's hurting a lot of people in the fucking industry. But... But I'm pretty sure Dominic Cini's noticed that um, the Batman is still in production, and they're doing it. They're just releasing it next year. I mean, I mean, yeah, they could still do it next year. I mean, I also did see that. Uh, the shooting did get postponed, but they can still do the shooting, the shoot, and the f um, shit. Um, okay. They can still do the shoot and still have it come out next year. Yeah, there's, uh, I got an article here. It's just the Batman will be in production until February 2021. Yeah. And this is coming from GamesRadar.com. Yeah. Which is surprising that a gaming site is doing news. Because they're trying to get be able to get video games going. No, I'm talking about for the movie. Oh, for the movie? Yeah. They're games. Games Radar is, is, is a... Um, you know those games insider books that come in in the mail? Yeah. To let you know about different games, read about... Yeah. about that's what Games Radar is kind of like. Okay. But they're doing the movie things. And it says the Batman will be in production until February 2021. It says Colin Farrell. Yeah. The only Colin Farrell I know is on SNL. He's an idiot. And I was like, what? This is ridiculous. And this is just a day ago. There had a, they had a little bump in the road a few weeks ago that you may or may not have read about. 
And it just goes on and on and on. It talks about the COVID-19, of course. Um, now they're talking about a detective uh-huh. that's going to be replayed by Penguin? Oswald Cobblepot? Yeah. Okay, they just really reversed this whole movie. Oswald Copperpot was not a detective. No. He was it's a, a thief. whole different envision of the Batman now. Yeah. One of the characters that's going to portray Batman has officially announced that he uh-huh. will be playing Batman. Yeah. And it's the guy from everybody's favorite saga. Twilight. Exactly. Robert Pattinson mm-hmm. is going to be the Batman. There, I've seen the trailer. It looks good because I showed showed it to you, but I <laughs> started laughing at how short the character looked. <laughs> I've seen your version of the trailer. I've seen another version of the trailer. They're not showing a lot, which is good. It looks like a fucking toothpick tree inside of an oversized rubber. That he looks like he's wearing fucking lifts. <laughs> and he made Batman more skinnier. I know. He's supposed to be taller and a little bit more. I'm like, okay, I'm a Batman fan. I'm a bat that Batman freak. I have three of the video games. Yeah, he is. I'm trying to get the Harley Quinn's Revenge on one of my games, which is like nine ninety nine. Yeah. I'll get it for I'll give it to you. Then there's the newer version, which is on a PS4, which I still can't afford, but I like to. Pl- I would love to try that game out. But it's like stop changing the look of Batman. I, I like the new suits, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's just, stop trying to make them shorter and shorter and shorter. I just, uh, kind of cringing on what they're making the Batmobile look like in the, in the Batman. I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen that yet, and I've been looking, I'm like hoping it's not something stupid. You didn't, well, you didn't like, um... You said you didn't like the Batmobile in The Dark Knight that had Heath Ledger doing Joker. Oh, that one? What, you what, like the big the ass Batmobile? tank? The big ass tank Batmobile? Yeah. It was a. It was good. I give credit for that, but it was just like, um, okay, you have this oversized freaking vehicle. Which takes up the entire damn road. Yep. You really can't turn quick enough. No. To go on to another street. And the cockpit of this machine. Yeah. Is more smaller than if you go back to like. Um, the 1960s Batman version? If you go back. <laughs> yeah, kind of. If you go back to the to the original Adam West yeah. Batmobile that was created by a very awesome guy. Yeah. 
it was, you know, comfortable. It was the right size and everything. Then we have the Tim Burton version. Yeah. Okay. Kind of good, but a little bit too much dash. Uh-huh. It looks like, it, okay, they're trying to com- compress the cockpit. Then in Batman Returns, it's normal size. Comfortable, very fit, not a problem. Yeah. Then you don't see the Batmobile ever again. No. Until, um, who was it? I think it was George Clooney. I think the, that movie had a Batmobile in it. Uh, I can't remember. Regular Bat, uh, Batman with uh, Jack Nicholson. That had the Batmobile. Right. Uh, Batman Returns. No, not that one. Batman 2 it with Batman and Returns. Catwoman. Yeah, that they was, had the... Uh, that would be number two. That would be two. Yeah. Um, Batman and Robin was three. No, Batman and Robin was four. The third bat, the third Batman movie had freaking um, what's his name? Can't stand him. Foul humor. Yes, they had a little bit of the Batmobile in that film, but not as much at all. Um, Batman Four, Batman and Robin. I didn't see the Batmobile in that film whatsoever. Then you got Christian Bale donating Batman. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me look here. Okay. 1966 version of Batman. That was that year. Yeah. Batman with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. 1989. Yep. Batman Returns has... Catwoman and Penguin. Yep. Batman Forever. Okay, yeah. 95. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Batman and Robin. So let's see. One, two, three. Okay, okay so, so Batman, Batman and Robin is four. Yeah. That's 97. Batman Forever was three. Batman Returns was two. And the regular Batman was the first one. Yeah. But then Christian Bale owned it. And oh my God. And from 99 all the way up to 2018 was cartoon versions. Yeah. And the last one was kind of goofy. Yeah. Batman Ninja. Different. The Crusader is not what ninja. What the <laughs> fuck are you people on? And then, of course, the 2019 Joker. Yeah. Which they marked this as a crime. Why everything else is animated, sci-fi, which is Batman and Robin, Batman Forever, Ever, Adventure, uh-huh. Batman Returns, Fantasy, yeah, and then the original, just Adventure. Uh huh. Why would you make the second one a fantasy? It's like what? You're going to have people whack off to Michelle Pfeiffer? Because she's Catwoman? I wouldn't doubt it. Come on. Get fucking real. Anyway, back to this, uh, what I've been reading here. Part 7 from uh, 
Um, what culture? There was almost an army of Chuckies in Child's Play 2. During Child's Play 2's final battle at the Good Guy Factory, Chucky is pumped full of air until he explodes in a mess of plastic and guts, which was his head. The original plans was to have some... Take a drink. The original plans was to have some of set guts to spill into a vat of plastic so it would so it wound up in a patch of new dolls. This would have paved the way for an army of Chuckies to appear at the end of the movie as a setup for the new sequel. Can you imagine how much mayhem a legion of these things would ha- would wreck? Just one is bad enough. Series creator Don Mancini was keen to take the franchise in that direction. But a combination of studio interference, shocking, and budgetary limitations put the kibosh on that idea. Yeah, until the uh, gay version came out, and it was all in there. Cult? Why are you calling cult gay? No, I thought it was the re- the other the, one. The reboot where it had, had a bunch of junkies. Yeah, that was the reboot. Yeah, that's what I mean. The gay one. Now, who's talking actually... Oh, hold on. Multiple Chuckies would eventually feature in the, le- in the latest sequel, Cult of Chucky. But this was the result of a, the killer doll finding a voodoo spell on the internet, which enabled him to split his soul into more than one body. You can find anything online these days. Which, I'm actually going to say this because I said it in my rant last year. That's where they got that, the reboot got that fucking idea from. Because I fucking recognized it. Yeah, but remember how you said it though. When we were still talking about Child's Play 2. Yeah. In the factory where his head blew up. Yeah. From air and... The directors were trying to get his body parts to go into... Other, yeah. The, right. By the time the reboot, the gay reboot came out... Yeah. It's when it happened. So figure from two to that. How many times did they not do it? Um, you got three, four, five, six... Seven, which would be what? The Chalta Seven would be called where uh, there was more than just one. Right. And now they do it in the reboot for an AI version. Yeah. So you're talking... Yeah, about seven movies later. You see something wrong with that, kitties? Mm. Fucking morons. Number six. 
John Lithgow was almost the voice of Chucky. Hold on, let me continue. I'm getting paramised fucking, yeah, whatever, look. Oscar nominee Brad Dourif has become synonymous with the Chucky doll over the years, having provided his intense vocals in every film to date and played his fleshy incarnation in the original. Dourif laid down all his vocals in advance so the doll's lips could be perfectly synced with his dialogue, but it was almost somebody else delivering it. John Lithgow, the star of Bigfoot and the Hendersons, which, you know, Harry and the Hendersons, Cliffhanger, and Third Rock from the Sun, is said to have been considered for the lead role before it went to Dourif. There's no telling how that would have turned out, but Lithgow proved himself a more than capable voice actor when he provided the vocals for Lord Garquad in Shrek. Meanwhile, the part of Chucky's nemesis, Andy, almost went to, went to Robert Haygorman, who later played Andy, I mean, sorry, who later played Alex, the little kid, in Leprechaun. Good thing Durif has, has that. Number five, his first victim is his own mother. Hold on. It's amazing what you can put out if you do a little reading. Matthew J. Costello wrote the official novelization of Charles Play 2, and the author added a few bonus scenes to the story which fleshed out the backstories of Chucky and Andy Barkley. What chapter whisks the reader back to the youth of Charles Lee Ray? to a time long before a soul was transferred into the to a tomb of plastic. It reveals that the soon-to-be serial killer was placed in special needs classes as a child, was bullied, had an absent father and abusive mother. His first victim ended up being his own mother, whom he strangled to death. That would go on to become his M.O., hence the nickname, the Lakeshore Strangler. Wait a minute. Novelization. This guy was a comic book creator. Matthew J. Costello. Novelization basically means comic books. So they did come out with a Ch uh, Chucky comic book. But I have not seen it. I've seen pictures of it, but... Not like a backstory type. <laughs> yeah, it reminds you of another horror uh, character that's killed a, killed somebody that related to them. Um, I know what Freddy Freddy's dead. Freddy's own daughter killed him. No, that I remember. No, I'm talking about Motherwise. Motherwise? Oh yeah. Yeah. 
does it remind you of another horror character that did the same thing to their mother? Just like Chucky did to his? Um, if you're talking Jason Voorhees. Yes. Um, no. Jason's mother was killed by the freaking heroine. By losing her head. Jason didn't come out until part two. The, Jason's mother did all the killing in Friday the 13th. First one. Right. But if you remember correctly, it said that Jason Voorhees killed his mother. Um, I'm not trying to get that part of the freaking collection, dear. Because I could prove you wrong on that one, too. No, no, I'm not saying prove me wrong, but we've heard that. Yeah, we've heard it in we've one of the films, but that was wrong. Right. That's that was the wrong dialect. That's what I'm saying. Chucky killed his mother by strangling her. Jason Voorhees killed his mother by cutting her head off. Basically the same storyline in the in the two movies. Okay. I just I just wanted to iterate that to you guys because I'm sure you'll find it somewhere on the internet where it says the same damn thing. Okay, it's, number four is basically, you know, the theme song being axed. Um, Chucky's theme song. But, um... Being axed? I don't remember that one. I said it in the last ten from, um, Screen Rant. Oh, the, oh I, wasn't in, I wasn't in the studio when you said that. You should have heard me. I said it loud enough. But anyway, about Chucky's theme song, how bad was it? People are probably asking. How bad is the song? Chucky, Chucky, it's the end. Gee, I thought you were my friend. And it spells Chucky's name out like person's uh, dyslexic. Chucky... Don't you come out don't you come out to play? That's a quote. How bad that actually sounds. Even Weird Al Yanovic would be too embarrassed to belt up those lines. Number three. Rapper Bushwill Bushwick Bill has adopted Chucky as a persona. Rapper Bushwick Bill is a huge Chucky play fan. So much so that he's adopted the persona of Chucky while recording various songs. And has a long-standing association with the killer doll. The former Ghetto Boys vocalist channels his inner Charles Lee Ray on the tracks Chucky and Chucky spelled with the I-E and Chuckwick both of which include sound samples from the movies. Bushwick Bill is also known to carry a good guy doll on stage during his concerts. 
people say I'm fucking insane. I never heard of this person until that story. I didn't either. That's actually something I didn't know. Number two, Chucky once crashed Saturday Night Live. I remember that fucking one. <laughs> I and I know all other ones that he's crashed too does been on TV. Chucky hasn't just wrecked havoc in the Child's Play movies. He once crashed an episode of Saturday Night Live as part of a publicity stunt. SNL to you mouth breathers. The killer doll was a guest on the show during Bride of Chucky's promotional tour. He comments on the Clinton impeachment proceedings, which that was funny, before trying to murder host Colin Quinn with a butcher knife. That was funny. Sadly, the gag goes south the moment Chucky opens his mouth and somebody other than Brad Dourif's vocals come out. I actually noticed that myself. Not only is it, was it a, cor- a cardinal sin to have the doll voiced by somebody else, it wasn't even a convincing impersonation of the man. No, it was not. Not by far. Number one. Well, uh, Aaron Fraser Nash, rapping as Old Chucky, his voice was good due to the fact people are now trying to imitate it. But the laugh isn't the main la- actual laugh. It's a freaking Crip Creek Keeper. Right. And I noticed that uh, the night you, sh- you played that video. That shit was so fucking funny. I'm going to play that later. But although I'm surprised, just going back to number two here with the SNL, I'm surprised they didn't have the other ones that he was that he crashed into hang on that's actually number one. Oh, number one yeah chucky also invaded other horror films let me explain it seems chucky can't resist a good gate crashing when he has a movie to promote in the run-up to curse of chucky's dvd release universe Take a drink. Universal superimposed the killer doll into a number of other classic horror films so he could steal the show. <laughs> that means the movies he invaded included The Purge, Mama, Drag Me to Hell, and Psycho. Leading into the latter's famous shower scene to kill Janet Lee. If you don't know who she is, look it up. With the help of a stepladder. This was a more successful publicity stunt that than Saturday Night Live one. Mostly because Brad Dourif did voice the character on that occasion. Or occasions. That's the end of that tune. Now like I said, they didn't, they didn't say anything else that he crashed. But I remember one 
I remember one. Too. I remember um, a publicity stunt they did um, when they were what when for some reason I, I think it was FX. Um, FX was showing like once bitten, but um, when the movie starts. You see a bunch of people tied up and a couple of them dead. And then you see Chucky, Brad Dourif doing the vocals. Sitting there basically showing the whole thing and throwing out pops and shit. Basically saying Lauren Hutton, she's she's hot, but doesn't have nothing. Mm. I remember that promotion because Brad Dourif did it. Uh-huh. Which I almost blew a gasket because <laughs> uh, I remember the Saturday Night Live episode right. that they, that he crashed on. Yep, was wearing a was, suit was actually hosted by Lucy Lawless. Right, and the fact that the Yankees won the World Series that year. Yep. Yes, I'm a Yankee fan. And. When he crashed it, I'm sitting there watching it. I mean, whoever did it was okay. But come on. If you're going to do it, you better fucking do it right. Not half-ass. Right. But see, there's one that you're probably forgetting, but I still remember. What? It was... Remember when... Uh, two shows were having a war with each other. <laughs> I do remember that one. <laughs> okay, which, which one was, was it that he crashed? WCW. Exactly. I know, because I've watched both back to back. They didn't say that in there. They're not going to. And it was actual Brad himself of course. at WCW live event. That's because... um. That's because when they did it on Saturday Night Live, they realized one, they fucked up, and Brett Dourif was doing a movie, so he couldn't do it. Understandable, they tried to, you know, but Chucky being on that being on that show, bombing it, not bombing it in a bad way, but jumping himself into the feed. With Brad Dourif is basically saying, hey, you tried, but let's do it this way. With the original. But, yeah, I remember that. And I think there was one other one, too. But I'm not, I no, I don't remember. think there was another one. Uh, I'm trying to see. And some people are probably wondering, wait a minute. Is that all the Halloween stories you got? Ah, and and he was also on WWE. That was the other one. Uh, they didn't show WWE, him being on WWE. It, it was before they had to change the last letter to an E. It was the other letter. 
Yeah, I know, but they're going to have that, that say that, oh yeah, he appeared on it because we own WCW. Or the rights. No, that was before they got the rights. Oh, really? Yes. That's when Eric Bischoff was still... Or no, I'm sorry, Ted Turner. Yeah, when he was, was still alive. Was still the owner of WCW. That and he was still alive. But when the opposite version, before they had to put one line in from a one letter, he was actually on that show as well. Which I was trying to think and I just, you know, Googled it or in this case, binged it. Yeah. And it popped up here because it says one of the former wrestlers. Yeah. Um, Scott Snyder. No, that was WCW. Ah. One former wrestler of the show. Alcatraz. Since I, yes. Um, Charles Robert Palumbo. Yeah. Also known as Chuck Palumbo, which is no longer with the company. Nope. Had a run-in with Chucky in 1998. Okay. That's when he was. That's when Chucky showed up there. Okay. In the other version <laughs> of Alcatraz. So it was like I was trying to remember. It's like what was the other one? And I googled it, and it shows. Okay. So that was the only crashes that Chucky's been in. <laughs> for those years. Yeah. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, when Curtis came, went to direct DVD, and they were at um, uh, some kind of movie awards, they beat it. They won. I for the most fucking sales. If I remember correctly, I think it was the MTV Awards, I think. You mean uh, MTV's Movie Awards? Yeah. No, it was something like that, but it wasn't MTV. I remember him similar, being on MTV. It was similar. Well, yeah, when Brian Chucky came out, he did get. They did get nominated. One was for Best Kiss, but they never got. They didn't win. It was someone else. Um. The, uh, it, it was, it's, it's similar to what's called Sundance Film Festival, but was actually Film Awards. And they were up, because Brad Dourif was even there with his daughter, because they were promoting it. I mean, Dominic Senior's in the background, because she said, because I remember what she said with the interview, with uh, Brad Dourif's daughter, she said, oh, he's an amazing, uh, Don Mancini's an amazing writer. Then you hear Don Mancini off, off camera going, and director! I think that was the American Horror Awards. I think it was yeah, the they were showing the premiere as well as being nominated. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was the AHA. Yeah. It was somewhere in the uh, UK or London or something. And they fucking won. Simply because they got the most sales. Um, then 
there was another one before, another one a year later, you know, cult. They got, um, they were up against Ash versus Evil Dead. And I was like, how the fuck can you do that? One's DVD. The other one's a, was a fucking Showtime. As a fucking TV show, not a fucking movie. I guarantee you when we put this out and everything, somebody's going to get the idea for that type of a movie. <laughs> Bruce Campbell, a.k.a. Ash. And versus Versus... The slashing killing doll. <laughs> what the fuck would you call that movie? Well, actually, if you think about it, before Wes Craven died, it's like some years ago. He, um, he came up with the idea of Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers. Wait, Freddy versus Michael Myers versus Ash. Bruce Campbell was on board with it. But kind of being, you know, over largely as he is with his character or who he is as a human being. He said, yeah, I'll do it if I'm the one standing at the end of it. And the title says at the end, Ash, uh, reading the world of terrible sequels. (laughs) <laughs> and Craven, he that thought it was happen. funny, but he's like, I don't know about all that. That actually might happen. No, it was Craven's dead. I know that, but somebody, some other goofball might pick that up. Uh, yeah. If they can get Bruce Campbell to be Ash. Yeah, I know. And after season three of Ash vs. Evil Dead, which we have, one and two. he stated it doing uh, some type of horror con or Q&A with the rest of the cast, just himself. The rest of the cast was doing other stuff, yeah, including Lucy. Yeah. He stated, guys, when I first did Ash, I was young. I could do the stunts myself. I can't really do it anymore. I'm older. And crippled. <laughs> I mean, look at me. You see me squeezing my fat ass in a freaking corset type of thing. I don't want to see that happen. I don't want to see him trying to fit his fat I mean, ass he did explain. Ooh. I mean, somebody did complain about the Evil Dead remake. It wasn't me. But I wish. But he explained. He's like, look. I understand die-hard original fans. I get it. Yep. But why would you hate on it? I was executive director on the fucking set. Yep. With Sam Raimi and uh, Rob Tappert. Yep. We decided that ending. Of course, I wasn't really too happy in the ending myself. I thought it looked good on paper until I saw the premiere. Yeah. I said, yeah, that doesn't look, that won't work. Once had a boner, now got a thofty. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm going to turn it over to um, Paramike. 
He's gonna do, we're gonna do some uh, urban legend stuff right now. Well, before we do that, I got a little tech news here. Okay, go ahead. I'm having um, With the mobile industries of cell phones and whatever else, where we can travel with this. Yeah. A company called Quibi. Yeah, I've heard of it. A mobile video app, which you can get on Android and iPhones and anything else that you can travel with that's portable. Yeah. Announce it's shutting down after only six months, citing the pandemic as a main factor in its demise. That's nothing new. Oh, there's going to be a lot of people pissed. I guarantee it. There's going to be a lot of people pissed. The mobile video service, Quibi, is shutting down just six months after lunch. The company announced Wednesday night. The news was first reported by the Wall Street Journal's Benjamin Mullen. Yeah. That's a heck of a journal company. <laughs> Oops. Computer decided to jump faster, didn't me scrolling down. I hate that. <laughs> we have recluted reluctantly come to the difficult decision to wind down the business. Return cash to our shareholders and say goodbye to our colleagues with grace. Founder Jeffrey Katzenberg and CEO Meg Whitman wrote in an open letter to investors, employees, and supporters. We want to know we did not give up on this idea without a fight. The streaming service raised $1.75 billion from investors like Walmart, yeah. Pepsi Company, or when I tease her with it, it's Poopsie, and uh, Anheuser-Busch. Oh, they had to go with that piss beer company? Come on. Ahead of its launch in April. But Quibi has struggled to gain viewers, which has resulted in lucrative advertising deals being put on hold, the journal reported. Ah. I feel so bad for those for people that love Quibi so much. It's not going to have it anymore. All I was gonna say is, blame the White House. Yeah. Okay. Now it's time to get into some urban legends. Oh. Um, uh oh. Did you want to mention about the uh, music videos that you saw? Slash Street. Oh, yes. Um, back in 2015, uh, when I was just 
you know, goofing around with YouTube, trying to find certain things uh, like computer stuff, new programs, new software, new updates, stuff like that. I came across one of these videos and I just started watching it and I thought it was hilarious and then it like disappeared for like a year. Mm-hmm. Then it shows back up in 2016, disappears, 2017 disappears, 2018 disappears, 2019 disappears, 2020 it popped up. And it's, the videos are fucking hilarious. Now, for all you teeny boppers back then, if you like certain groups or boy bands... They take some of their music and... Which they did get a lot to do. And rewrite their own lyrics to the song. And it's... They made a video out of it. And it's fucking hilarious. If I can... If I can get a hold of these guys... I'm going to see if I can try to advertise their videos up on our website... And everything, so you guys can check it out. Because it's hilarious. And I would love to have these guys on. They, they are called the Merkins. And now I know most of you blabbering idiots and brain-dead morons don't know how to spell Merkins. Look it up. But, yeah, these videos are fucking hilarious. And I think one of the characters is actually does movies. Because his face did look familiar to me, like in certain movies, but I can't be 100% sure. But I know I've seen it. Seen this guy. But it's fucking hilarious. I would like to use some of their music on a show. It would be awesome. So... With that said, Urban Legends. Uh, let's see. We did the school bus railroad tracks, which I debunked a long time ago when it was on Ghost Adventures. Yeah. And that was down in Texas, I believe. Yes, it was San Antonio. So now we're going to do the tale of the Hooker Man. I'm just surprised you used the word tail, not tails. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, this is going back to 2010 for this story. Yeah. Oh, I love the picture. <laughs> That's an old school train. I like that. Long ago when the trains were still the main commerce transportation in the state, an accident occurred on the tracks of Bud Lake. Hmm. I'm following along. I know. I don't think I've ever heard of Bud Lake growing up in my life. Until now. Just read through it. Now these tracks, which runs through Netcog. Netcog. Calm. Okay. Sounds like a computer program. Flanders and Buddy Lake were said to carry coal and other industrial fuel sources. 
One night while repairing a railroad track, one man had the extreme misfortune of getting his arm, shirt, skin, and all struck on the track. Duh! How is that even possible? In I one shot! Don't know. Jesus Christ! In this hand, he held the lantern that was helping to light his way. Not that good of a lantern. <laughs> Which way? That's the question. Because it doesn't say up, down, left, right, or straight through. Although the trains were not supposed to be running at this time of night, one did. Oh, somebody fucked up. And the conductor of this very train did not see the trapped man struggling by the side of the tracks, nor did the conductor see the faint glow of his lantern. That's what you get when you have a piece of shit lantern. Oh, good God. Within a matter of minutes, but what surely seemed like hours for the trapped man, the train had passed and made its way towards the next town. But with this train, with the man's hand and lantern. Hmm. So that means now the hand has been replaced with a lantern. I don't know. <laughs> He died that evening from blood loss and shock. His body found later the next day by town locals. But to the dismay of everyone, his hand and his lantern were still missing. Yes, I have limited that one. In. I know. It's fine. Some say that it was swept up with the force of the train. Others say an animal took it as dinner. <laughs> Yummy dinner. Although I don't think they would probably like the lantern because Pepe has like too much wood. No. But if you stand on the tracks in the middle of the night, close to the time when the unfortunate man lost his hand and the lantern, you will see a green light hanging above the tracks, bobbing up and down, boing, 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 the same stretch of land, and that the green light is no other than the man's lantern being held on too fastly by the man's <coughs> hand. That doesn't make sense. Searching and searching in vain for its body. Wouldn't that be him searching for his hand and lantern, not the body? I don't know. Due to the fact that the body was already found. Now for all intents and purposes, there actually is a green light that seems to hang over the tracks in this area. But unscarily enough is... It is supposed, supposedly, supposedly due to chemical deposits in the soil. 
Oh, that makes sense. Somebody must have been a fucking scientist. Uh, still, the No, nope, you missed the block. Nope, where? Well, you said soil. Oh, either due to pollution or natural mines. Okay. Still the sight of the green light on the tracks in the middle of the night will always recall the tragic tale of the hooker man. You know, just reading those last parts, it just started not to make sense anymore. No, it no, didn't. He lost his hand, lost the lantern. Yeah. Local townspeople found the body. Yeah. But no hand, no lantern. But then how's the, how's the spirit of the guy looking for his body? Don't know. Doesn't make sense. I call bullshit on that story. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just me. I call bullshit. Buddy man, bridge. This is the next one. Which, uh, was posted February 1st of 2010. Thumper's got a bridge. The, po the population of Fairfax County, Virginia grow after the Civil War and eventually an insane asylum was built there. Residents were appalled that the institution had been constructed and no one wanted to live nearby. Shocking. Such a fuss was raised in the town and since the local politicians decided not to oppose the public out outrage the construction was shut down. No, that's surprising. The administration. Yeah, so use spell check next time. The administration transferred the patients to other facilities, and in 1904, the process was completed. During the transfer, some of the patients escaped and hid in the surrounding woods and forests. These individuals were mentally lost, delusional, and dangerous, okay? Most of them were found except Marcus Loster and Douglas Griffin. The two, the ta- bleh. Rewind. Take a drink. The local authorities found a trail they believed belonged to them, littered with half-eaten mutilated bodies. Yeah. What if one of them was Thumper? Well, hey, every hunting season, people hunt Bambi every year. I'm sorry. Matt. <laughs> the trail led deep into the woods to a tunnel bridge crossing a wide creek. They found Marcus there hanging from the tunnel entrance. There was a note attached to his foot that said, You'll never find me, no matter, no matter how hard you try. Signed, the Buddy Man. That tunnel had been called Buddy Man Bridge ever since. The legend says that if you walk all the way down the tunnel at around midnight, the Buddy Man will grab you and hang you from the entrance of the bridge. Strange deaths and phenomena do 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 phenomena do 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 phenomena do 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 
have been connected with the Bunny Man Bridge. There was a young man from Clifton, Virginia, who came along the bridge while traveling. Later, he killed his parents and dragged their bodies into the woods to hang them from the bridge before he killed himself. In 1943, three teenagers, two men, and a young woman, shocking, were at the Bunny Man Bridge for Halloween night. The three youths were found dead, hung from the bridge with their bodies slashed open. All three had notes attached to their feet saying the same thing. You'll never catch the Bunny Man. Boing, boing, boing. In 2001, after hearing the tale, six local students and a guide searched the area. They found mutilated bunny parts during the search and left the forest after they heard noises and saw figures moving around in the woods. Don't you just love the picture? Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Easter Bunny in a different way. More information about the Bunny Man Bridge. Many people think of Springfield as a happy D.C. suburb. What many people don't know is that Lorton, Lorton was a, has a dark secret. The Bunny Man is a man dressed in a white bunny suit who carries a hatchet. In most of Virginia, he is known mainly as a person who just scares kids. But in D.C., he is a well-known murderer. The legend says that after many exploits of attempted murder and acts of vandalism, he was pursued by police all the way to the infamous Bunny Man Bridge, where he was hit by a train when cornered by the authorities. Some say he is a psycho that escaped from the mental asylum near Wharton was demolished. His ten companions were found with their heads severed and fresh carrots stuffed in their mouths. Yummy. Anybody want a carrot? <laughs> Anybody want a fricassee fried head? That's how I look at it. Baby giveaway. I may not like the sound of how that is. Okay. On a lonely road off of Main Street is this person's hometown. You'll find a bridge with an unfortunate past. A young family lived near this bridge, and the husband was away from his wife and child fighting in the war. A neighbor had always held a candle for the young, young wife, and when he discovered that she had had a child, and the husband had gone off to war, he became jealous and determined to have her for his own. Sounds like someone I know. He came to her house one night, and forced entry into the home. When she refused him, she, he savagely attacked her and threatened to kill the child. She escaped and ran from her property with the baby, blindly crashing through the forest and brush hiding, seeking, uh, seeking a hiding place from her obsessed neighbor. 
Just as she realized she couldn't hear the man chasing her anymore, she came to the bridge and took refuge under it with the scared baby in her arms. The distressed child had been whimpering in fear during her flight from the house, but now that they had stopped, the baby began to wail. The child began to cry loudly and ended the hope of the bridge being safe refuge. The neighbor was drawn to the baby's cries and their position was revealed to the man. He killed both the mother and child under the bridge. Only the, wo only the woman's body was recovered. Where the fuck's the child? Now, now, if you drive down this bridge and stop halfway across, turn off your car engine and lights and headlights and lights, that makes no sense. So I'm going to ad-lib it for you guys. Turn off your car engine and your headlights and get out. You can hear the baby's cries that gave its mother's position away years ago. Beware, though. It's been said that if you go down underneath the bridge at night, you will never be seen again. The spirit of the young mother is trying to protect her child even in the afterlife. <laughs> That's nuts. Baby bridge. Which one is this? This one's in Georgia. Somewhere in Georgia, back in the 1800s, a poor farmer and his wife were expecting their fifth child. Jesus Christ. Ever have books? You didn't have books back then? It's farming off Bob! The farmer knew that he and his wife could not provide for this child because crops had been bad that year and he could barely feed his family of six. Um, what the fuck's wrong with that part? Expect expecting their fifth child, but the guy could barely feed his family of six. Yeah, I know, I know oh, that. That's right, he's hiding his wife. Sorry about that. When the wife went into labor, the farmer called for the doctor. Unknown to the wife, the doctor and the doctor... Rewind. Unknown to the wife, the farmer and the doctor had already made arrangements to get rid of the baby. Their plan was to take the baby from the room immediately after the delivery and tell the wife that the child died during birth. When he left the farmhouse that night, the doctor took the baby to a nearby bridge and dropped it and dropped him over the side. The wife never found out about what the farmer and the doctor had done. Assholes. It was it is said that on a cloudless night during a full moon, you drive your car to Baby Bridge and park it in the center of the bridge's highest point. Get get out of your car and sprinkle baby powder in a circle around around your car. Then get back in your car and turn the engine and the lights off for 10 minutes. You will hear the soft sound of a baby crying. When you get out of your car, there will be baby footprints in the uh, circle of powder. I don't believe the last part. I don't either. I'm sorry. That's 
very skeptical of being bullshit. The next category for urban legends: bugs and snakes. Hey Zach, your favorite word: snakes. Praying mantis, the thousand-dollar bug. Um, I find that hard to believe. Hey, uh, September 11th, 2012. This was put up. Tonight, the people who made who put this up found this praying mantis stuck between the storm windows of their son's room. He's uh, still in there trying to get out. Or, yeah, let me ad-lib. He was still in there trying to get out. But the person of this story wasn't sure the best way to free it. The seven-year-old boy was very upset. Not because he was practically bunking down with a praying mantis for the night, but because he wanted to make sure he didn't die. He knows they were especially good bugs, that they would be good for mommy's garden, and that it's illegal to kill them. The bugs. The praying mantis. He told the boy, uh, the parents, the boy, that if they kill it, then they would get a big fine. The person was surprised to hear him say that because the woman's husband and the individual never told him that but knew he heard it before when I (coughs) sorry the individual posted a picture on Facebook that night a friend who lives who obviously place was in New Jersey person who lives there also had a friend in New Jersey called it the thousand dollar bug. He said that when he was a child it was illegal to kill a praying mantis and the fine for such a crime was a thousand dollars. That is nuts. Actually it turns out that it is not true and is an urban legend that has been passed around since the 1950s. It's never been illegal to kill a praying mantis in the U.S. <laughs> praying mantis aren't bad bugs. No, they're actually kind of cute. Mothman. No. I wasn't expecting to see this word again. Why the fuck does it the picture make it look like critters? <laughs> the fucking thing looks stupid. <laughs> it looks like a it looks like Gremlin or I'm sorry, Gizmo the Gremlin. I'd say a little more spike. Oh, hold on, hold on. Follow my analogy here. Looks like Gizmo, the gremlin. Yeah. When he gets wet and pops out 
the other version of her. Uh -huh. Looks like they made it, gave birth, and that's what popped out. A gremlin gargoyle. That's what the damn thing looks like. Yeah. Mothman is described as a human size, as a man size, or larger, seven foot tall creature with glowing red eyes and the long wings that look like a moth. It is, it has additional eyes set in its humanoid chest, and it possesses an unusual shriek. On November 15, 1966, two young couples from Point Pleasant were traveling late at night. Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Millette, along with their young cousin, Lonnie Button, were in the uh, Scarberry's car. They were passing the West Virginia Ordinance Works and abandoned World War II TNT factory. About seven miles north of Point Pleasant, in the 2,500-acre Canadian in Canada, 10 kilometers, or that too. McClintic Wildlife Management Area. They noticed two red lights in the shadows by an old generator plant near the factory gate. They stopped the car and reportedly discovered that the lights were the glowing red eyes of a large animal, shaped like a man, but bigger, maybe six and a half or seven feet tall, with big wings folded against its back According to Roger Scarberry, terrified, they drove toward Route 62, where they say the creature chased them at speeds exceeding 100 miles per hour. Damn. Another Mothman sighting was reported on January 11, 1967. This time, Mothman was hovering over the Silver Bridge. Though he's, though the sightings were reported several more times that year, they slowed after the Silver Bridge collapsed when 46 people died. The Silver Bridge is named after... Bleh. Rewind. A new drinking, drinking game. I say rewind, take a drink. I'm out. So my, I don't feel like getting up either. The Silver Bridge, so named at, for its aluminum paint, was an eye-bar chain suspension bridge that connected the cities of West Point. Bleh, rewind. Take a drink, everybody. Aluminum paint, the bridge... Let me start that again. The Silver Bridge, 
so named for its aluminum paint, was an Ibar chain suspension bridge that connected the cities of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and Gallipolis, Ohio, over the Ohio River. The bridge was built in 1928, and it collapsed on December 15, 1967. Investigation of the bridge wreckage pointed to the failure of a single I-bar in a suspension chain due to a small mouth small manufacturing flaw manufacturing thank you manufacturing flaw there are rumors that the mothman appears before beco before becoming disasters and seems to try to warn people of them or that the mothman causes disasters Mothman was never seen again in Point Pleasant after the demoli demolition of the Silver Bridge. More information about Mothman. Now it looks like a bird. I know. Something from the Power Rangers. The night after Mothman frightened the strawberries in 1966, on November 16th, Several armed townspeople combed the area around the TNT plant for signs of Mothman. Mr. and Mrs. Raymond Hamsley, Wamsley, sorry, and Mrs. Marcella Bennett with her infant daughter Tina, spelled T-E-E-N-A, in tow, were in a car en route to visit the friends, Mr. and Mrs. Ralph, T Ralph Thomas, who lived in a bungalow among the, the igloos. Concrete dome-shaped dynamite storage structures erected during World War II near the TNT plant. The igloo igloos were now empty, or were then empty, some owned by the county others by companies intending to use them for storage. They were heading back to their car when a figure appeared behind their parked vehicle. Mrs. Bennett said it looked like it had been lying down, slowly rising up from the ground, large and gray, with red glowing eyes. While Wamsley phoned the police, the character walked onto the porch, appeared in at them through the window. Creature. Um, if it has wings, why would it walk onto a porch and peer at them through a window? Maybe the wings were tired? <laughs> On November 24th, four people allegedly, allegedly saw the creature flying over the TNT area. On the morning of, of November 25th, Thomas Ure, who was driving along route, route 62, just north of the TNT plant, claimed to have seen the creature standing in a field. And then it spread its wings and flew alongside his car as he sped toward the Point Pleasant Sheriff's Office. On November 26th, 
Mrs. Ruth Foster of Charleston, West Virginia, reportedly saw Mothman standing on a front lawn, but the creature was gone by the time her brother-in-law went out to investigate. Further, on the morning of November 27th, the creature allegedly pursued a young woman near Mason, West Virginia, and, wa and was reported again in St. Albans the same night by two children. It's almost like every Halloween month uh -huh. and every, I call it shitmas, you both breathers calls it Christmas. It's we like the Mothman keeps it. popping up. We would just start it. Started um, what was called Christmas. Yeah, but just this story here. Mothman, he, he like pops up for the mother for Halloween every year. Yeah. And he pops up around Christmas. Oh, no. Almost every year as well. So it's like twice a year this thing pops up and stories are like all over the internet. Uh, that this urban legend was put up August eighth, two thousand twelve. My son was eleven years old. Turned eleven that year. Roadside dinner in Australia, right? Yeah. See it. <laughs> Hang on. This came out March twentieth, twenty ten. Okay. Yes. Paramike said uh, the title of it: Roadside Dinner in Australia. Roadside Dinner Australia. Pictures that we're seeing. This makes great radio. Use your, use your minds. Envision it. We're you may not want to eat dinner tonight, people. <laughs> oh, I, wow. These pictures, the, or the pictures were taken by one of the road crew at Cloud Break Mine, Australia, that week. Again, this is March 20th, 2010. It took a total of five hours for the black-headed python to finish off the Goana Argus, Argus monitor lizard, as you can see, as, well, we can see it, but you can't use your radio. envision it. They came across some signage, signage up so it wouldn't be run over. Now that's a meal. And yeah. There's a whole lot of motherfucking pictures. I can tell you that. Yeah, it looks, looks like, like the guy's full. It's full. Jesus Christ. And that's it. And it slithers off. Yeah, I know. And it just slithers off. Yeah. Let's see. Buggy burrito? <laughs> <laughs> I saw that too right before I clicked on roadside dinner. This was posted November 17, 2010. Woman Sarah was driving home from work one day, and she was starving. Not wanting to worry about cooking dinner when she got home, she decided to stop for some takeout. Can we, get, can we guess, everybody, what place she decided to stop for at dinner? Toxic hell. That's all I'm giving you. She pulled into her local Taco Bell and ordered a burrito. Yeah, called Taco Bell. Hey, Godzilla. Anything to tweak? <laughs> yeah, called Taco Bell. Hola. What's your new tacos? <laughs> <laughs> and a burrito, burritos? 
<laughs> oh, she almost sounded like Speedy Gonzalez there. Arriba, 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 tacos. I was, I was actually trying to sound, sound like the taco, taco dog. I know. From Fluffy. Huh? The uh, the dog from Fluffy. Um, no. I was yeah. actually meeting the Taco Bell dog that came out in the 90s. That yeah. became the spokes thing for the ta- Taco, Bell. Taco Bell. Yeah, I know. But Gabriel Iglesias has this little cartoon dog that the same thing. Except that one speaks. Anyway. She and the, uh, Sarah enjoyed her quick meal and when she was done she headed home. When she woke up the next day her tongue felt sore and a little swollen. It bothered her all day so she went to see her doctor to find out what was wrong. The doctor didn't find anything on his initial examination so he told her to come back if it got any worse. Well that's no shocker. Again, you fucking fly. Fucking doctor does. Days later, her tongue swelled up considerably and became very sore. She went back to the doctor and he decided to do a minor surgery. When the doctor had cut open her tongue, he found a cyst among her taste bud, among her taste buds, filled with cockroach eggs. They traced the eggs back to the burrito from her fast food dinner. (laughs) Granted, I was (laughs) wanting Taco Bell when I have to walk up to the cancer center. Yeah. Now I don't think I want to stop there anymore. (laughs) After that story. No. So, um, anybody out there uh, wants the Tacos or Mexican food, whether it's Taco Bell or from a Mexican restaurant, double check to make sure the food don't have bugs in it. Or anything in it. <laughs> Tel- Telemonia spider? Uh, I'm letting Paramite um, read these next two. No, I want to skip those two. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, see why? <laughs> I think Paralore is going to have nightmares now after what she just saw. I have a fucking. Sp- so what? I got a uh, phobia of spiders. That's actually a real phobia. Had it since I was a kid. But let's stop here because it's like 16 or 15 of 6 already. I'm starting to get hungry. Even after my last story? <laughs> yes. Well, I was hungry before that story came up. Okay. I'm just getting hungry too. Before the roadside dinner and the buggy burrito. I thought buggy burrito was going to be funny. But no. <laughs> I will stay away from burritos of all sorts. But we'll do another one and we'll do more urban legends. And yep. we'll start off with Shot Jar Trap. Which will be the next one. Which is kind of strange for a story to start like that. But I'll do it for this one. Oh! That's right. But don't forget to look for the version of Paralore's rant of what she read today about Chucky. Yeah. In our website, and it will be marked. Yes. 2019 with the old show name on it in parentheses. So if you want to listen 
If you listen to this one first and go to that one, you might get confused. So I encourage you all to go and listen to the Paralord uh, Chucky rant from the movie. Then go and listen to this one. But that'll do it for me, Paramike. And in the glittery Halloween bat-flying dark news desk, that will do it for... Paralord! And we will come back with episode 5 in a few days. Yep. Bye. Bye. <laughs>